This is the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved and understood. So this is a place where women can share their stories. So put your crown on. Let's get chatting. This is episode three. Just before we delve into the conversation, I just want to make a quick disclaimer that today we're talking um, about anxieties and being overwhelmed. Um, I don't mean when we're talking, this is not clinical depression here or postnatal depression. If you feel these tendencies, please, please seek medical help. Um, Our advice to you in, in this episode is not for people who have serious um, anxiety issues. Thanks. Let's get to the conversation. Hi, Liv. Good evening. How are How you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Good, good. That's Red good. And bearing. How's your week been? Uh, much better this week, actually. Much better. Yours? Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. We've uh, got a soon-to-be four-year-old. Yeah. Hi, Catherine. How are Hello. you? Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. <laughs> just, just let me throw in there that for all our hundreds, <clears throat> hundreds of listeners, <laughs> she's better known as King. <laughs> so there are affectionately known as King. Beautiful. It's a name that suits my my dignified persona. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, King, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself before we start? Um, well, I'm very holy, and I'm <laughs> very refined, and I'm um, quite saintly. Rubbish, and... rubbish and rubbish. <laughs> She's striving. <laughs> no, no, Jess, you're striving, dear. <laughs> I have achieved. <laughs> Keep going. Oh. No, well, I've got six kids under the age of my oldest is ten, mm-hmm. and my youngest is well. My I've got seven kids. One's my baby's in heaven, and the second youngest is two and a half. Beautiful. And um, so three of them in school, three at home, and a rather poorly behaved husband. <laughs> so a lot of reprimanding. <laughs> Well, you are the perfect person to chat with us today on our podcast because today we're talking about seasons of littles and a Mm. season is just a period of time. It doesn't last for very long and that's what that time with little kids is just a period of time. I mean, it can be exhausting and overwhelming. Can be. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't last forever. Yeah, I remember when I have. Hence the haggard voice. (laughs) Have you been yelling at your children? (laughs) No, 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 my husband. (laughs) Actually, I got a phone call from my aunt in Ireland the other day. (laughs) Found out I was pregnant, and she's. (laughs) It said to me, "Tell us." No, Katrin, no, Katrin, I'm so delighted to hear you're pregnant, Katrin. Now in your state, you need to look after yourself. No, Katrin, when you're carrying that beautiful child, 
seven. You're not to go beating the children. And Catherine, you're certainly not to go beating. <laughs> Nathaniel. <laughs> oh, did everyone get that? <laughs> Nathaniel is her husband. <laughs> On that note, could you give us your experience of having lots of little ones? I mean, you've got six under, you had seven under ten. Tell us, tell us, how do how do you find it? Well, my first, I always desperately wanted to be a mum. It was uh, something I've always wanted, even as a young, like as a young teenager. It's just you know, like lots of people have different ambitions for me it was that was my strongest mm. ambition was to be a mum you are a beautiful mum you are oh thank Not- you so are you guys <laughs> let me just say we, um, we were schoolmates and you weren't the, the best student <laughs> live live now why are you up minor <laughs> hang on we're talking about seasons of okay, littles sorry. keep going you're a fabulous mum. Seasons of little misdemeanors <laughs> compared to my my grand virtue now. Keep going. Um. So where was I? Oh yeah. So there, and I had this. You know, I think like most girls and most women do before they have a child. You have this picture in your mind of the perfect experience and you sort of emerge from this peaceful labour and you hold this beautiful glossy child in your arms and you've never heard of mastitis, you've never heard of afterbirth pains, hemorrhoids and all the rest of it. So and then all of a sudden you're you're lying on a hospital bed, you're in the midst of labour, you've got no idea what's hit you. And you hate your husband for doing it to you and you think, oh, what the hell have I gotten myself into? And then you emerge from agony and you have this beautiful baby and it's, you know, like first first night's fantastic, the baby sleeps, you hold it in your arms, he's still in pain but it's it's so beautiful. Mm. Then the second night you get no sleep. (laughs) Third night, not a hope of sleep. And with Joseph, then the mastitis comes. <laughs> yeah, then you get the engorged boobs that are like bloody watermelons bouncing around on your chest. To hide them, you got visitors coming in, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, what happened to me?" And then with Joseph, my first, he had yeah. colic, and I had massive, massive oversupply. Yes. And my um, my the midwives at that point it was the feed one side, burp them even if they fall wake them up if they fall asleep take their nappy off change them do whatever mm. you do wake them up then feed them the other side. So I was feeding this baby with colic, and force feeding him like he didn't want anymore. He was desperate. Mm, I did sleep. that too with my first. Oh, and then it just stimulating more and more supply. Like he'd get this huge let down, let down every time he fed. So we'd go through this process. Then he'd do a monster puke, and I thought it was normal. <laughs> and then I'd like you know I'd do the whole exhausting process, and then he'd be getting more and more agitated and upset, and then he'd fall asleep. And then I'd put him down, and then he'd wake up screaming ten mm, minutes later. Yeah. It's so hard. And this went. 
oh, it went on for 10 months. And both of us, like Nathan was so young. He was only 23 mm. at the time, 22, 23. And um, we – he was trying to work. We were living in this little unit in a little country town in Victoria. Um, and um, I just didn't, you don't want to go and ask questions because you don't want to feel like a failure. And the midwives keep giving you the same advice over and over again. Mm. And I didn't know to ring the breastfeeding hotline and probably would have got told to do what I was doing anyway. <clears throat> um, so Did I you just, feel lonely? And that went. I felt, um, I think, shell-shocked, really. Like I felt like um, I had no Mm. idea that this is, like it was mixed with this, you know, intense love for this child. And that's another thing that came into it. Like a feeling you're not ready for is that before you have a child, You've only got yourself to worry about. Like, and if you die, like, let's face it, you see this sort of romantic vision of being a big mother that dies young. Yeah. And everyone's so new. <laughs> then, then when you have a child, you have all these fears of what could happen to them that you've never experienced mm. before. And that is like you're desperate to protect them. Um, and you, you know, you change, like you lose that sort of, you know, um, well, independence for one, like, um, you can't, you can't go to the toilet when you want to, you can't shower when you want to, you you know, I remember one night, like after the 15th episode of Colic, screaming with Colic just, and I was so desperate. I was constipated. I was desperate to go to the toilet. <laughs> and I didn't want to wake Nathan up because he had to be up at 4 o'clock or some ridiculous mm. hour for work. So I didn't want to wake him up. So I'm desperately trying to keep Joseph quiet. And I'm cycle, like, <laughs> go. I absolutely had to go to the, the toilet. So I went and I'm holding him, <laughs> feeding <him> the toilet. <laughs> And I'm in agony because I've got some, you know, new appendages. Fibroids. <laughs> a bag of grapes. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> Don't worry. But it's... And I've got tears streaming down my face and I'm like, I'm the only person in the world sitting on the crapper <laughs> holding a baby. <laughs> myself I was in a Westfield shopping center with one of them strapped to me on with a baby Bjorn on the front exactly exactly the same thing trying to squat squat over the toilet while this baby's in the baby Bjorn screaming it's like (laughs) (laughs) and everyone gives you what the hell Can you please tell the story about the goldfish? <laughs> oh. uh, well, you know, just just to like uh, everything you said, King is right. There's no rule book, and it's like it's like childbirth. You don't get told a thing, so you're actually in the moment. You don't understand it. 
Mm. <clears throat> and this this story Jess is referring to, we'd just moved into state. I didn't know a soul. I was really quite upset that we'd moved. Um, the kids were devastated because we didn't have any cousins nearby. And so, uh, and I wasn't going to buy a dog. So we decided to buy goldfish to keep them happy. So, um, so you I had three little ones or were you pregnant? No, I had, I had two. I was pregnant with number three and I had the two and I had them in one of those tandem prams, one in front of the other. And, um, we, we, <laughs> and they don't maneuver very well. No, no, no. And I was already on the verge of tears. You know, when, you know, like it would, we'd been in interstate for a month, so I was pretty upset. I'm thinking, what on earth did I do this? Why did I agree to this move? Anyway, went into the pet shop, asked for two goldfish. I said, could you please put them in separate plastic bags because I know they'll fight over it. And they were two, the boys were two and three at the time. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, when they, they blow the plastic bag, they put the fish in, blow the plastic bag up with the water and put this super, super duper tight elastic band on the top of it. You've, you've been yes, there, right? Yes. Had that. So there are my treasures in their tandem prab, each with a goldfish on their lap. <laughs> And we're walking through this massive shopping centre and one of them drops the bag, right? And this goldfish is flapping around on the floor. There's water everywhere. I'm screaming because I didn't want to pick up the goldfish. The boys were screaming. Anyway, I tried to, I scooped the fish up and threw it into the bottom of the pan, into like the footwell. Oh. I'm yelling at the older of the two, open your bag, open your bag. And he's, he couldn't because the elastic was so tight. And this fish is flopping around in the bottom of the pram now with the tiniest little bit of water because that had dripped into the bottom of the pram as well. And I'm not joking. I had so many people just walking past looking at this whole commotion and not a soul stopped to help me. Yeah. Right? Anyway, it gets worse. We we got we didn't have a car at the time because I'd, I'd bought a car but it, it needed like, I don't know, a service or something. So that so we caught a bus with the tandem pram, got home, got the tandem pram and the boys and the one and a half fish <laughs> off the bus, and then I realised that I'd left my house key with the mechanic. Oh no! Oh, no. I rang my husband in tears, told him the fish story, bawling my eyes out, and he was actually two hours out of Brisbane. He'd had a had a big drive that day to a place he was working at. <laughs> So he said, don't worry, I'll come back now. So we sat on the back deck. It was it was winter. Um, and then the two-year-old said, I need to do a poo. And I, did, <laughs> oh, I didn't have a house key. So I upended a plastic bag <laughs> and sat him in the plastic bag. Anyway, oh. that finished. And then the other one sat on my lap and he was crying and then he wet himself on my lap. <laughs> did the fish so, survive? The fish survived. Somehow, whilst flapping in the bottom of the pram, I managed to open up the other bag and get them both in the one bag. But that's just like, you know, a comedy of errors. And that happens daily. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah. just one story. Yeah. But it, it happens yeah. to all of us all the yeah. time. Daily. I think, I think we can, like, fall into that trap of does it only happen to me? Hmm. And it doesn't. Like, And you know, the other thing is to, a lesson for us there with the goldfish the no one offered you support. Like we should be offering women support yeah, in the shops. Yeah. I've got a great yeah. friend of mine who was telling me how she offered to help hold a baby of this 
poor exacerbated <laughs> mum at the supermarket. It is so beautiful. Yeah, when I know. Does that it makes a world of difference. Yeah. Just being yeah. that human face of it's okay. Yeah. Pick up the damn yeah. fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I've had people pack my shopping for me and stuff and it's just it it makes up for all the negative rude yeah. comments yeah. you get. Like okay. if, if you walk into the shops with more than two children, yes. you're going to get rude comments. But yeah. the people that do stuff like that put their hands up and they help you. Um, or they say something kind, it makes a massive yeah. difference. So true. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing that I realised that made a massive difference to me, I mean, I found lots of littles exhausting, like physically demanding. There was mm. always mess. There was always nappies. There was feeding. It was just I was constantly being pulled. My, you know, they just wanted me yeah. and no one else would do. It had to be mum. Um, mm. I've never had any daddy, you know, ones that just want dad. I, I wish, <laughs> Mm, mm. But I've never had that. And then Dad wants you. Yeah, true. <laughs> so you're pulled in all directions. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the yeah. but one thing that, and it took me a long time. I think by my fourth, I realised that I just had to surrender. And by surrendering mm. and just giving it up and <laughs> knowing that this wasn't going to last forever, and I found such joy in that. Yeah, Even yeah, breastfeeding, yeah. like breastfeeding, I, I had mastitis more times than I could count. Um, yeah. But realising that um, it was actually God's perfect plan. Like whether you breastfed or bottle fed, you still had to physically sit down and just be, be with that baby. Mm-hmm. And the jobs would wait. I mean, the laundry's very patient. It waits for anyone. It's so patient. <laughs> it's so patient. <laughs> but you were able to... Um, study their little faces, pay attention to the little detail, their breathing, their in and outs and just relishing that time and it won't come back again. You'll never have that day. Mm. Tomorrow they'll be a little older. Yeah, it's true. Like I think um, this conference I went to recently, there was a big emphasis on giving your yes to God and and letting him work like in and through your life. And I think... um, you know, like when we're teenagers, we're, we're helping out uni friends or whatever or, you know, working on our friendships and our relationships. And then through motherhood, we're working with our children. And then when you get through that, some of us go back to work and that's, that's a different way of serving. But I think we have to, the best way to serve and say yes to God is to know our season, mm. to recognise its value and understand where we, where we are in that time of our lives. Yeah, beautiful. And so right now... Um, kink. Like mine are a little bit older now. I've got um, four kids between the ages of seven and almost 16. So mine are a bit older and that, that season of littles is coming to an end. But um, for you right now, um, the days are so long, but the years are really mm-hmm. short. Mm-hmm. Um, in retrospect, the years are really short, but the days for you are so long. But what you're doing now, like the nappy changing, the late nights, the feeding, the, vomit, the changing, yeah, the feeding, that's what mm. matters right now and that's that's how you're showing love to your children right now and that's that's beautiful and that's your yes to God at the moment. Yeah. 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 I mean, we can't love God if we don't love the people that he surrounds us with, our children and yeah. our, our family, our husbands. Mm. Um, mm. He's given that perfect classroom to us to, to teach us how to do that. 
Mm. I was reading this book the other day, um, Always by Bob Goff. I don't know if you've heard him, but um, I recommend I've heard it. Of it, but I haven't read it. I'll yet. put it in the yeah. show notes. I think I know how to do that now. <laughs> We've got show notes. Oh, well, I will. Wow. This episode, I think I can muster that up. But Is that Goff, G-O-U? No, G-O-F-F. Ah, yeah. um, and he yeah. says, no one expects us to love flawlessly, but we can love them fearlessly, ferociously and unreasonably. And I think mm. when it comes down to it, they just want to be loved. Yeah. And we want yeah. to be loved too. And the way we love is by giving love. <clears throat> Do you agree? Yeah. Totally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think as well, like having, oh. having babies helps you understand how God loves us. Like we, and how, um, how little we have to, we, we don't have to do anything to get his love. He just gives us his love. Yeah, we don't have to earn it. And he loves us. Yeah. Say, you know, it doesn't matter. He still loves us unconditionally, whether we are doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I think that's a, a great point to make, like in my stage of life now, where I'm moving on to those middle years. Because teenagers are constantly pushing the boundaries and, and testing you and themselves. And, but, and, you know, sometimes as a parent we can always, like we're, we're conditioned to sort of tell them how to do it or how to do it better. Or, but I think, I think we have to stop sometimes and just love them, hmm. just show them that unconditional love and not always be the negative, you know. Yeah. You should. You should. Yeah. 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 Oh, you have to read this book. It's so beautiful. I'll have to see. Mm. Um, put it up, put it up on the, I've heard of him, but I just, I haven't, yeah, yeah. got around to the book. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the show notes. Mm. Um, so another question I've got is how do you, how do we, how do you see social media playing a role in making motherhood harder these days? Do you have anything? Enormous. Like yeah. Enormous. Yeah. Mm. I just think um, social media has exacerbated well, it is like the whole um, lack of authenticity in social media has made it really difficult for us because it's a lot of what people put up isn't a real-life scenario. Yeah, yeah. I've got Instagram and I don't put up a photo of my sink floating with (laughs) last night's dirty dishes floating in pork fat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I put up the photo of us at the park on the weekend or whatever and... And it is a false sense of what real life is. <clears throat> and there's nothing wrong with putting up beautiful images. But I think as, as mums who are going through these really tough, hard years, when you see these glossy lives, it can distort like your understanding of what it really is about. Yeah. Does that make I also sense? think it, it fosters a, like a really negative competitiveness. Like Absolutely. you shouldn't be competing with your friends to have the best you know experiences the best whatever Mm. it it shouldn't be it should be just sort of appreciating what you've got what you've been given like your your own beautiful kids your own beautiful husband Mm. you know yeah like rather than sort of trying to weigh up what you've got versus Mm. what they've got all the time and I think that's what like I'm not saying social media is the the root of all evil I'm just I just don't I think that's really unhealthy Mm. um Mm. and like whatever's going on with teenagers on social media, like just from a mum's perspective, mm. 
I really don't like that, um, you know, that weighing up of other people's lives compared to your own. Yeah. And, and I, I agree, but I've got to say it is really hard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. Instagram and I've got Facebook and and you do. You see people on fancy holidays or, you know, yeah. off to another beautiful restaurant or something and it is hard to... Be satisfied with what you've got, be content. Yeah. yeah, and that's something we have to work on daily and I think social media makes that more difficult. So I think you're right, it, you know. But in, in the role of in, in the <clears throat> avenue of motherhood... Um, you know how they put up pictures of, I, I even saw, saw it today, like there's a woman, she's there in her pristine kitchen, the little kid's in an apron with a, you know, colour-coded cooking hat and there's the tray <laughs> with the cookies and, like, that's not reality. And no. that's just setting, making expectations, you know, mothers think that that's what they have to achieve. Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough. Honest. I was really tempted to put a picture up today. <laughs> I, I stupidly was absent for three seconds. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. I come in and mucky. We've got like a, one of our bathrooms is like it should be condemned. It's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> mucky is not the name of her son. It is a nickname for Michael. <laughs> well, it's very appropriate. But mucky. <laughs> He'd got all the toilet rolls and he'd stacked them on each other, either side of the toilet, as if they were pillars, right? <laughs> and it looks the like you know, that Roman style housing, like you've got like the. <laughs> but it looked even more spectacular because he'd gotten, he'd got about five empty toilet rolls and he'd probably stuffed all the toilet paper from them down the toilet. So you've got <laughs> this kind of biller. <laughs> I should have taken a photo and submitted it to the art gallery. I'm sure I would have won. But you've got like billows of toilet paper falling out of the toilet and then these two Roman pillars on the <laughs> celebrating it and then a really bad patchy paint job behind the toilet. <laughs> Was that your paint job? <laughs> No, it's it's the previous owner of the house. It's, <laughs> See, that's it's, on, it's on the very long to do list. That <laughs> but that's reality of, of 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 life with a little, like lots of littles, yeah, yeah. especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. I think too, um, you know, there can be a lot of conflicting emotions as parents. Like, you know, we like. I'm sure you had a giggle because that would be you when you saw the toilet rolls, but then you probably weren't so happy that you had to clean it up. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's possible to love being a parent but not like it all the time. Yeah. Similarly, it's possible yeah. to yeah. love our children but not like every minute. When they're in bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When they're in bed. And, you yeah. know, like, uh, I'm guessing that you've both sat on the toilet at some stage with your iPad <laughs> You know, told yeah. the children to stay out. <laughs> you know, two seconds! Just <laughs> And the fingers come under the door. Leave yeah. me alone! <laughs> but, like, it's those feelings are normal and it's it's normal to question whether parenthood's for you. It's normal, yeah. like, if you've ever wondered what life would be like without kids, that's normal too. Like, we all have yeah. those feelings. We all, well, 
we do. We all go through it at some stage. And it's how do we perspective? Like, is it because it is just a season? Like, yeah. this isn't going to last forever. I mean, I think that's what I had to keep telling myself. This, you know, what I think. Tell me. Oh, no, sorry. tell us. So, I think that with your like, that's when you've only got like that one child at the beginning. You think it's really hard, but then when the second one comes along and you realise those really rough patches are just so, they're so temporary and they yeah. don't, you know, they pass. And then you, like, the rest of it's just so beautiful. Like, I think because you've just us- surrendered. Well, that was me. I found, I only found it beautiful when I surrendered. Before mm-hmm. that, I was up the chore. I, I mean, I still love my baby unconditionally and my children. But I just mm. found it overwhelming. But when I surrendered, it was a totally different experience. Mm. Well, that's what I mean by know your season and recognise its value. Yeah. yeah. Surrender to it and, and give everything over to that moment in time. Yeah. And to God and to, real, you know, he's given you this child just for that specific time. Like. And it doesn't mean when you surrender it's going to be easy. Oh, no. No, no, no. And you still get cranky and you still – even today, I mean, the Lego. (laughs) It's my son's birthday tomorrow and he's getting more Lego. But I curse that Lego every every day. I find pieces – Every night you step on it in the middle of the night. I know. But then sometimes I think I just have to sit down with him and play. Yeah. 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 I, remember, I, I think Pope Francis said a few weeks ago, um, parents get down on the floor and play with your children. Mm, I just thought I did that. Can I tell you, on Thursday night, how many days are we now? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five days later, <clears throat> I'm still nursing a sore back from doing a rugby scrum on the floor with my baby. <laughs> You're a good mother. But he loved it. Yeah. And he told so many people over the weekend that mum scrummed with me. Oh, so that's beautiful. Anyway. But that will be the last time. I'll have to think of something different. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll have a very expensive chiropractor. Oh, <laughs> the splits with your 10-year-old daughter. <laughs> I did. I did try to do a, a back bend because I was a gymnast as a kid. And a couple of years ago, I told Luce, you know, this is how I did it. And I pulled every muscle on the left-hand side of my body. <laughs> You'd think I'd learn with the scrubbing. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> oh. All right. Now I'm going to, I ask this. Oh, actually, before I leave the topic of littles, mm-hmm. I read this beautiful <clears throat> quote the other day and it said, the most beautiful piece of jewellery you'll ever receive is the arms of your child around your neck. And I, oh, I just wanted to weep because they're not going to put their arms around your neck for very long. So just cherish no. it. That's beautiful. And the other piece of jewellery you'll get after children is stretch marks. <laughs> they're trophies. <laughs> they are. I've got a full cabinet of trophies. <laughs> okay. So, Kink, I ask um, my guests and Liv. Yeah. What brought us joy? What brought you joy this week? Could you think of something that's brought you joy? It doesn't have to do with your kids. It doesn't have to do with anything in particular, just something that brought you joy. Um, I think it's called Blackstone Wirra Wirra. <laughs> 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 oh. A whole bottle or 
glass. Just a very, very large glass. A tumbler. <laughs> With a straw. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Biff, what about you? Um, well, a big shout out to my sister-in-law, our sister-in-law, Ezzy, because it's her birthday today. Ah, uh, yes. And Happy she birthday. brings me a lot of joy because she has a huge heart and a massive capacity to love and and welcome anyone in her life, don't you think? Oh, she she's beautiful. Never has a bad word to say about anyone. She just... Yeah, has a great capacity to love and that always brings me joy. So happy birthday, Ez. (laughs) Happy birthday, Ez. Happy birthday. (laughs) Uh, What about you, Jess? What's brought you joy this this week? This year? Wow. (laughs) It's getting late. Uh, What's brought me joy would have to be um, Harry. It's his birthday tomorrow, my baby. And um, he's uh, just so excited about tomorrow. I'm going to blow up balloons and put them all around the house. And he um, wanted that anticipation. Yeah, that's so beautiful. But he wanted Lego and a toilet plunger for his birthday. Oh, (laughs) wow. Maybe King could use the toilet toilet plunger. plunger. I don't know why he would want a toilet plunger. Are you joking? (laughs) No, I didn't get him one. Did you get him one, Jess? No. No, I'll get it. I'll get it. I might get him some slippers as well. Thanks for that. Oh, <laughs> All right, girls, it is getting late. Yeah. Thank you so you much. Finish, you want to finish with a prayer? Uh, Kink. Kink's turn tonight. Okay. Um, dear God, please help us as mums um, or as those wanting to be mums, hoping for a baby, um, for those who are aunties or uncles or whatever. Spirit um, as well. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, to children. <clears throat> Help us um, enable our kids <clears throat> or the children in our lives to, um, to enjoy that time of their lives um, as a period of innocence and joy and hope. Um, and to give of ourselves in order to make that happen Um, and help us to love that time that we have with our our little ones and and to make us see your love through that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. Beautiful. All right, girls, thank you. Have a great week. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Hi, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, could you please share it with a friend or give us a review? That would really help in getting the word out. Thanks. Bye.